Every Sunday, we gather to make much of Jesus through the preaching of God's Word, worship, and fellowship together. We would love for you to come and join us. We have two services, one at 8.30 and one at 11, and Bible study for all ages at 9.45. We hope you will grow in your affection for Jesus with today's message. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, church, for gathering to worship today, wherever you may be. And before I start my sermon, I want to just hold up a little card, and it says, Need help? Call me. Our churches in the area are cooperating together to distribute these cards, and here's how it works. We've got them here at the church. You can drop by and get one to a dozen, or you can get on Realm and download it yourself and print it up yourself. But the goal is to take this to a neighbor who may have physical challenges, a senior or someone who's not able to get out very well, and for you to put on here your name, your phone number, and your address. You might take this to a neighbor who lives at 302 Elm. You live at 308 Elm, so you put your address down, address down, then he or she knows you're a neighbor, and you slip it, not in their mailbox, that's against the law, but underneath the doormat or inside the door. They'll find it, and it says, if I can help you with grocery pickup, prescription pickup, talking on the phone, walking your dog, call me. Now, one of the staff members at Vista Community Church came up with this but wanted to share it with the community, and we're grateful for that. So it says, provided by local area churches. Just a way that you can minister during these challenging times. And let me remind you before I preach that your church staff is on the job Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, Monday through Thursday, 8 to 1 on Friday. If you need us, please call us. We're reaching out to folks. We'll be glad to do whatever we can to minister to you and to your family. If you would take your Bible and open it to Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, in a few moments we'll begin reading with verse 36. I want you to know that I miss you, and I'll be really glad when this crisis has passed And we're praying for people not only here but all over the world to be safe and to be healthy and for God to heal those who are ill and to do what only he can do and to bring this virus to a very quick conclusion. And so I look forward to the Sunday when we're all back in this room together again and to look forward also to what God's going to do to be glorified through all of this. And I know that his name will be lifted up, and I'm looking forward to that. So don't worry But pray, remember what Paul said in Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're continuing our series, Steps to the Cross. We've looked at the anointing of Jesus, the triumphal entry, Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and now after instituting the Lord's Supper, Jesus leads his disciples out of the eastern gate of Jerusalem, down through the Kidron Valley, up the Mount of Olives to a beautiful place that is called Gethsemane. It's a garden or a grove of olive trees. The word Gethsemane means oil press or olive press. It's a place where Jesus and his disciples have gone often 
to rest and pray and, and relax together. And so Jesus is leading them there on this night. But this night, Gethsemane will not be a place of relaxation for Jesus and his disciples. So let's read. The words will be on the screen that you have that you are looking at. And I will read aloud from Matthew 26, beginning with verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that'd be James and John, with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus and his disciples, minus Judas the betrayer, have gone to this beautiful setting, the Garden of Gethsemane. And the scripture tells us that Jesus went there to pray. He will find on this evening no comfort from his friends because they all fall asleep. Particularly disappointing must that have been for the so-called inner circle of Peter, James, and John. They've all fallen asleep. Jesus prayed because he was fully human. We know that the Bible teaches that Jesus is both fully God and fully man. And here in the garden, he prays, he wants to pray because he's fully human and he felt a powerful need to pray. Jesus feels vulnerable and he cries out to the Father to rescue him. Please know this is real. This is not a show. He is fully human. He had to be in order to be our sin substitute. So how did he pray? Well, his posture was that he was face down on the ground. All three of his prayers begin with the words, My Father. And through the prayers, he moves and progresses in his praying to a firm resolution. He never questions why. He embodies what he taught 
his disciples that we find in the so-called Lord's Prayer or Model Prayer earlier in Matthew, the sixth chapter, where it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in his praying in the garden, Jesus literally embodies the very prayer that he taught his disciples. It is not a stoic prayer, but it is a son's prayer. And as we look at the text of Matthew and compare it to the text in the Gospel of Mark, we would understand that Jesus prayed for at least, if not more, than three hours. When he says, let this cup pass from me, what's the cup? Well, the cup is his awful sufferings and death. The cup is God's wrath poured out on the sin that Jesus is bearing on his own innocent heart. Jesus will go from Gethsemane soon to Golgotha, the place of the crucifixion. And Gethsemane and Golgotha have this in common. They both embody the silence of the Father. On the cross at Golgotha, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in the quietness of Gethsemane, he prays, Is there any other way? And he is met with silence from the Father. He becomes, on our behalf, the object of God's judgment for sin. It is no wonder that he is on the ground, on his face. It is no wonder that he asks, Father, is there any other way? So thinking about the message, steps to the cross, Gethsemane speaks to today. I want us to embrace three things, and then I will close with a so On the basis of those three things, so what are we to do or think? And the first is this, listen to the humanity of Jesus. Listen to the humanity of Jesus. And as we listen to the humanity of Jesus, we will see that his pain is real. It is a spiritual pain that comes from bearing our sin on his own innocent heart, and it is a physical pain that is intense because Dr. Luke, in writing his gospel, tells us that in the garden Jesus sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. He was under so much pressure that his capillaries swelled and the blood became intermixed with with his sweat glands and he sweat as it were great drops of blood such was the enormity of the pain of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane so listen to the humanity of Jesus in his pain listen to the humanity of Jesus in his sorrow he knows separation from the father is coming and that has never ever happened in all of eternity for the father to be separated from his son jesus bears on his own innocent heart your sin and mine so we listen to the humanity of jesus in his pain in his sorrow 
and in his loneliness. His disciples are no help. They don't pray. They go to sleep. Jesus has already separated from his own family. And then Jesus is about to be separated from his father, God. And so we see Jesus and we listen to Jesus in his humanity, in his pain, in his sorrow, and in his loneliness, and in his temptation. For what he faced in the garden is very, very real. I don't know what Jesus was thinking. I can imagine what I would think in a situation where I was dying for someone else who was guilty and I'm the innocent one, and, and I might think, I won't do it. I, I They aren't worth it. It isn't fair. But Jesus doesn't say any of those things, such as the immensity of his love for us. And so in the garden, listen to the humanity of Jesus in his pain, in his sorrow, in his loneliness, and in his temptation. The second thing that I want us to embrace from this passage of Scripture is this. Listen to the prayers of Jesus. Listen to the prayers of Jesus. And in his praying, we are able to see his relationship to God. His relationship to God. He says, Father. In fact, he says, My Father. And in the Gospel of Mark, Mark has Jesus saying, Abba, Father. Abba, a word of Intimacy, the closest we can get to it in English, is the word daddy, which is a term of endearment. You say or have said to your father, daddy, that's a word of endearment that expresses the love and respect that you have for your father. And in the garden, Jesus says, Abba, my father, is there any other way? We listen to the prayers of Jesus. And in those prayers, we hear his relationship to God. And we also listen and hear his earnest plea, his earnest plea. He is crying out, please help me. Please help me. Daddy, please help me. This is no charade. This is real Jesus is agonizing in the garden and we listen to his prayers and we are able to hear and see his relationship to God and we are able to hear his earnest plea. Now, the third thing that I want us to embrace from this text is this. Watch the focus of Jesus. We listen to the humanity of Jesus We listen to the prayers of Jesus, and then we watch the focus of Jesus. We watch the focus of Jesus for his followers. He loves them. He loves these sleeping disciples. And he wants to be with them, and he wants them to be with him in his darkest moment. And that is like the same measure of love that he has for you and for me. We watch the focus of Jesus for his followers. You are why he did this. 
all for God's glory. And then we watch the focus of Jesus for his ultimate victory. Don't miss that. We watch the focus of Jesus for his ultimate victory. We have read the rest of the story. You and I know what what is going to come. And Jesus stays focused on the ultimate outcome, which is his victory. His death, yes. His burial, yes. His resurrection, hallelujah, yes. And that victory over death and sin becomes our victory. So, what do we do with all of that? We listen to the humanity of Jesus. We listen to the prayers of Jesus. And we watch the focus of Jesus. So, three things with which I conclude. Number one, be amazed. Be amazed. I can't help but think about the great hymn, I Stand Amazed in the Presence. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. For me it was in the garden he prayed, not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own grief, but sweat drops of blood for mine. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. When with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see. T'will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, And my song shall ever be, oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. So be amazed. Second, secondly, be saved. Be saved. Please, I plead with you today to give your heart and life to Jesus if you've not already done so. There is no moment like now to do that, to give your life to Christ. And I pray that you will do that today. And you will be able to contact us this week if you would like for us to talk with you further about that decision. Be amazed, be saved, and then thirdly, be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful and glorify him. Praise, adoration, glory, and honor. I think of another song that is an ancient song that we often sing in church. Fairest Lord Jesus. Beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations. Son of God and Son of Man. Glory and honor, praise Adoration now and forevermore be thine. So be amazed, be saved, and be thankful. That's why, church, 
We are going to make it through COVID-19. He is with us and he will be glorified. Take heart, be encouraged, and may God bless you. If you would like more information, visit our church website at www.fbcbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street in Belton, Texas. We hope to see you soon.